Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Miracatani. Welcome back to Matt Chat. My guest today is the head coach at Lake Highland Prep High School, Mike Palazzo. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, probably a, a relatively good time to catch it before you get into the heat of the season. So um, we have a couple of mutual friends. I'm going to get into that later. But one of the things I wanted to just talk to you about for people that don't know is you know, how did you get started in wrestling, and, and how has that led you to Lake Highland Prep? Ah, well, uh, you know, I came from a wrestling family. I'm from Illinois. Um, wrestled at Glenbard North High School. So there's um, there was already some, some wrestling tradition going on when I was a little kid, uh, for sure. And um, my brothers wrestled, so I, I um, you know, I got indoctrinated into the, into the, um, the sport. I uh, probably had no choice. How many, I was a, how many brothers do you have, Coach? Um, I have two older brothers. All right. How far okay. apart are they from you? Uh, two years older, and then another uh, – the first guy's two years older than me, and the other guy's uh, four years older than me. So those guys were wrestling in high school, and we, we actually, you know, at one point, we you know, there's – me and my brother were on the same team in high school, so um, – you know, we're, we're, we grew up a wrestling family, and there's no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. So you went to high school, and then and where'd you go to college wrestling? I went to Indiana University. So I went from high school to, to Indiana. I was, um, I, I did all right in high school as a state champion, but um, but that Glenbard North had a lot of state champions since then, um, which is an awesome, you know, thing. And I, I think I keep a lot of ties back to, to my, my high school and, and what those guys have accomplished uh, since me, and it's been a long time. But, <laughs> but holy cow, you know, you know, Coach Hahn is still the coach there. I mean, so, you know, I think, um, I think I was Coach Hahn's very first state champion. And if you went down a list of, um, you know, and I don't know how many he's had since, but it's quite a few. Um, you know, all the way down to guys like Tony Ramos, and um, you know, and and most recently Austin Gomez. Um, so there's like an unbelievable, you know, amount of tradition there. And I'm just, you know, blessed to be, maybe be a part of it. Maybe I was kind of the, um, the start of that Mark Hans, um, you know, uh, you know, things that he's done, which he's done just incredibly. I think it's cool whenever, you know, you're a part of something and the people afterwards do better, it, it can make you even prouder of, of where you Yeah, can. I actually thought I had, like, some records, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the correct word there is you had. <laughs> you did have some yeah, records. Right. And then you realize, oh, that wasn't really hard that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I had that, that record for a minute. <laughs> now yeah. it's gone. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> But, uh, no, those guys, you know, it's an unbelievable tradition over there. And, I'm, you know, super proud of being a part of it. And and, um, and I still carry it with me almost every day now. Um, you know, it kind of it kind of has been the, the uh, uh, a lot of the jump start to, uh, to what's happened at Lake Highland Prep, for sure. I mean, uh, philosophy-wise and um, uh, some of those things. But uh, after – so I went to college. I wrestled at IU. Um, I was there for for the duration. I was kind of the journeyman of the sport. I think I I was always plugging away and and, and part of it, um, you know, uh, as an athlete. And then I I graduated and when I was done wrestling, started selling pharmaceuticals for a little while. I had a, had like a real job. And, uh, <laughs> uh, it was was you know really separate for wrestling. So I probably tried to wrestle a little bit afterwards, but um, like like a lot of guys did. And then it was time to go to work. Um, and I was doing that and, uh, there was a point there where the company I was working for, um, had like, a uh, a, a layoff, uh, where it was just like a, a freeze of some sort where you get like 60 days and they're going to, um, you know, all the people who are in this office get 60 days off because they're going to restructure. And I really didn't have anything to do. Um, I, I, I was, I went back home for a little bit to Chicago but uh, during that time, I ended up going to Florida to visit a friend um, who lived out here and was a golf pro. And I ended up staying. I never left. Um, and I kind of made my way through it. I never worked for anybody ever again. I, I started a couple different businesses and worked, you know, worked my butt off in, in the, that world to, to, you know, be a professional and be a business owner. And, um, 
but I really never lost this wrestling. And I don't know how many years it was, but it was probably about, I was in town in Florida and in Orlando for at least probably 12 years, you know, um, before I got involved with wrestling. So I was pretty detached, you know, just in general. And, um, but there was a guy who knew me from college wrestling. Um, and he was always hounding me about going to help out this program. Yeah. And I was going, you know, and, 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 you know, probably three, four, five different times. I was like, nah, absolutely. No, nah, I, I don't want to do it. I want to do it. Uh, one time I came out, took a look, and then I really said I wasn't going to do it. Like, no, nah, nah, it, it, it's not for me. It's not really what I want to do. And then um, I don't know what happened, but I think a lot of it had to do with just the idea of where I was at in my life. Um, you know, I was running some businesses. I was scrambling around. I didn't have a um, no kids, no wife, uh, just a, a single guy who's you know running some businesses. And um, I felt like I probably needed to start giving back a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and I said yes. The next thing you know, I show up. Uh, this you know program is um, you know kind of just it, it exists, but it's really not. Um, you know, what, what I would see as something that, you know, was on the right track. And, um, I just went all in. I said, all right, I'll do it. And, um, you know, took over and said, all right, I gotta, gotta be a wrestling coach now. And I only know one way to do it. And, uh, and it was full blown, you know, so I really, really just took it that day and said, all right, well, I'm going to really try to build something and, uh, and haven't stopped. Now it's, it's 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. Ten years later, and that's all I do. Um, I'm a full-time wrestling guy, and uh, and I try to, uh, you know, work my butt off to 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 make some some things happen for these kids. Well, your story is unique. I mean, I, I mean, part the beginning of it is like a lot of us. We have family that wrestles and gets you into it, but the you know the how you got there, the sort of the pit stop in in corporate life. Uh, I've been in corporate ever since I was 22, and was just able to be an assistant coach to my father and then do these kind of things. So I, I certainly can relate to that. You know, but one of the things that I think is unique about your story is your ability to build a national power in the southeast and specifically in Florida. And and no disrespect to down there, but obviously, you know, a lot of the best wrestling comes from the Pennsylvania, Ohio, and then the Midwest. A lot of strong wrestling in California and, and out, out west. And so, you know, Typically, the Southeast isn't known for that. And, you know, doing some research, I saw you guys have finished in the top four, the last, or top ten, rather, the last four years in a row. And then you were ranked as high as third in 2017. So, you know, tell me just a little bit about some of the challenges in getting the program to that point. Well, you know, I think, again, it, it starts with a culture. I think you've seen this, uh, you know, across the nation in other areas. Um, doesn't happen all the time, but. Um, very first and foremost, you know, you're in a place where, again, not to knock Florida. I think Florida's, you know, has some great wrestling tradition. It really does. I, I think people don't always understand it um, because maybe it's, you know, it's it's just not Pennsylvania. It's not Ohio. It's not Illinois. But I do think that there is some, but it's too far and few between. And so you're going to find these pockets where this culture and this generational culture didn't exist and I kind of noticed it right away where man I really have to get um, this lifestyle of wrestling across to, to people and that's the number one job um, winning will come later but let's get people to understand what the plight of being a wrestler really is and 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 make sure we hold you know that part of it you know accountable Hey, you know, I, I think we, you know, right off the bat there, I mean, we were doing the same things. I was doing the same things 10 years ago that we do now um, with a smaller group of kids who are not as as able as this group. But their day-to-day -day lives 10 years ago were almost exactly the same as they are today. So I started it. And even though we weren't, nobody knew who Lake Holland Prep was or, you know, what we were doing. And those kids were not um, even winning state championships at that time, right? Um, and they were still going through this this process um, just the same as they are today. And I think that that's, you know, helped build some of those building blocks. And, um, 
helped us kind of culturally get over it. Another thing is to make sure that we gauged ourselves appropriately. Um, I use that word a lot with my guys. I always say it, you know, um, what does that mean? Well, understand what really good is. And, and don't be afraid to, to be very honest with yourself as to where you're really truly at. Um, it's great to be able to beat the guy down the street, but what, where does that really put you on the scale? And it's great to beat the guy in this area, but where does that really put you on the scale? And I think I introduced and I had a mindset to introduce these guys to the highest level of wrestling immediately. Um, it's very humbling, right? It's, um, it's exposing, but it gives you a realistic gauge of where you're at and where you could go. And uh, I think that that's very, very important in the world of, like, developing a program and getting people to understand that, um, to be honest, uh, is, uh, is really important. I mean, yeah, look, we had these little tiny successes as you went through things. Um, hey, the team won their very first district title. Um, I was I, uh, I said, hey, that's great. That lasted about four minutes, and I had to explain what that really means in the world of wrestling, right? Yeah. And then we move on from there. We move on from there. And you're building resiliency in these guys and their understanding, and they're finding a level of humility, and they're also getting further and further away from the idea of being um, of having to have uh, maybe immediate gratification, kind of just constantly being pumped up about what they've accomplished because I'm a big believer that you just – when you accomplish something, you, 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 yeah, you take time to reflect and you enjoy what you did, but um, – Quite honestly, you're not done. You just got to move on to the next task. And, um, and we've been doing that. You know, we've been doing it for a while now, and, uh, and we're, still, we're still in that process. We're not the number one team in the country. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it, it's a real tough world out there, and we're, we're going to continue to try to plug away and build the best teams that we can and um, have the best individual successes that we can and constantly put enough – you know, stuff on guys' plates. Our schedule is uh, it's pretty tough. You know, it's um, it's pretty tough. But I think overall in Florida, you know, Florida wrestling is getting better and better. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, it's getting more and more competitive. Um, there's becoming more and more depth. Um, our academy has grown exponentially, you know, over the last three, four, five years. And, um, and that's kind of a testament to, look, that's not just Lake Highland Prep. That's that's, um, you know, a central Florida um, community that wrestling is growing, um, you know, quite a bit. So it, 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 it's a good thing. And um, I don't know, but I, it, it is tougher. I, I give you an idea. Logistics, you know, become tougher. I mean, how do you how do you get guys to be able to compete with the best guys in Pennsylvania? If you're if you're, I, I guess probably what you're thinking is. No, I'm, I, wanna, part- I do want to get into that. Yeah, but you said you used a phrase that I I one of the blessings I have is I get to interview people, the best people in the world, or at least in our country, that what we do, and everyone sure. always has this this phrase. Like Kendall Cross used this phrase called "seek the heat," you know, where you go try to find the best guys. And yeah. a phrase that you use, you know, we gauge ourselves appropriately. And you know, immediately it, it came to mind, like I coached junior college for 20 years, and we would go wrestle in as many Division One tournaments as we could. But we also had to go find one or two tournaments where we could put eight guys in the finals or else these guys would, you know, sure. you have to have some success, right? I mean, and and I understand when you're trying to, you know, be the best team in the country – you and I know what districts mean, you know, on that scale. But at the same time, if no one's ever won districts at that at that school or that academy, that's that's significant. So, how do you do? How do you help these kids gauge themselves, to use your phrase appropriately, while also being positive? Because I think, yeah, I think it could be where you're. It, it almost seems like you're discouraging people. And how does that fit into your culture? Yeah, well, I, I think that, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a delicate balance. I mean, they are kids. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're um, uh, I think when you, when I say, you know, we go, we move along those lines, like this guy wins that, that district title. We celebrate it. Um, we're, we're excited about it back then. I mean, we had this, uh, 
um, we're moving in a positive direction. Um, it's not a takeaway. Not every kid is going to be a, um, a state champion, right? Um, and I think that one of the things that we do here more so than anything else is winning is great, but really the process to being on path to winning something is really what we're doing. And we preach it a lot. I preach it a lot. Um, we've had kids go through this program now that started um, wrestling, uh, a Lake Highland student started wrestling in the sixth grade, uh, maybe even the fifth grade, went through the whole process with me, um, got to his junior, senior year, didn't make the team because he was wrestling behind a nationally ranked wrestler. Um, you know, and, and this guy was very capable. But weight classes dictate things, and um, this guy had never even, you know, w- was a starter at Lake Highland Prep, but graduated here a wrestler. I would tell you that that guy, and I think, um, you know, th- those those kids got every bit out of this sport is the guys who have names on the wall. They're every bit a part of this program. Um, I think their purpose and their direction and what they did and how they went about the training and going through the process of being a wrestler at Lake Highland Prep for the years that they were here are really the true value. And I think our kids do understand this. I think they understand it. I think they understand that just being in these in this practice room, going through the regiment, being a Lake Highland student, um, getting through the conditioning, getting through the practices, Going through this program in any capacity is the true value of what you're doing. So the carrots, I call them carrots, but that's winning things, right? Um, we got this tournament this weekend. We have this thing. We have that thing. Whatever it is that you're comp- you're competing in, well, we we're we're striving for the next thing that we're gonna we're gonna go compete for. But I think everybody in the program right now has a bigger picture of the idea and the true reason why we're doing this. And, um, and quite honestly, that's just to create a better foundation for your life. And even at 15, 16, 17 years old, I think that they can understand it. And I think they are understanding. I think they're grabbing onto it. I think they're, they're somewhat addicted to the idea that, um, you know, I don't know where this is going to get me, but I think that it's the right thing to do. Uh, and I love seeing that because you're getting a lot of guys who do this with uh, with the right intention. Um, it's not all about what you're going to get. I think one of the most special things about our sport is the fact that, I mean, I think it's the, the one of the best lessons of humility that you can possibly run into in life. Yeah. And no matter what you win, you know, we say, well, well, well you're not celebrating it. You know, you got to give this guy the win so he has some confidence. I get it. Um, but the truth is, the loss is coming. I mean, it's wrestling, right? I mean, you, you're going to fall short. Um, and very often people would ask, you know, God, why am I doing this? And, and you got to have an explanation for it. I've, I've had kids, you know, over the last 10 years, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons as a coach too. You know, times where, God, I could go back nine years ago. Uh, kid's going to be, um, he's worked his butt off. It's uh, maybe eight years ago. Uh, kid worked his butt off. He's a he's a state qualifier at the time. You know that this year, watching this kid, you know, work really hard to get in a position that he's that that he's in. You know, right at that moment, um, all he wants to do is place in state. He doesn't place in state. He falls short. You're sitting in a tunnel somewhere, and um, and this kid is bawling his eyes out, and he's really really feeling a lot of pain. He's worked really hard. He actually adopted this same program, this same lifestyle for a period of time, and he did it to a T. And yet it didn't pan out for him, right? His goal's not there. And, you know, as a coach, you're you're crying too. I mean, I I remember my first lesson in coaching, man, when I started to get, like, really in-depth with this stuff. I couldn't believe it. I can't even walk back out on the floor because I'm crying like a a two-year-old. You know, <laughs> because this guy fell short, and I'm feeling his pain, and and I'm feeling it, and we really wanted it to happen, but it didn't happen. And I remember at that moment, I explained to him, 
that, uh, you know, I'm trying to find the right things to say. And, you know, you're, you just started this coaching thing. I think I'm decent at it, but I, you know, I'm going, Oh my God, this is, you know, now I'm really getting it. And I remember telling him and I, I say it all the time now. And I told him, I said, you know what? I said, we earn the right to feel this bad. And I don't know what that means exactly, but there's a whole lot of people who will never, ever, ever feel this. Yeah. And there's good about it, you know, and, and just, you know, take it for what it's worth. But I, I honestly believe that this is what you're doing this for. It's, it is truly giving you this feeling. Now, we've evolved because that same situation is happening at national events in a hallway, in a tunnel, in a, in a wherever, somewhere where it's not all event of roses. We've trained, we've worked hard, we sacrificed, we're living a totally different life. And very often we're sitting down in that same situation, tears in our eyes. And the thing that you can always go back to is say, hey, listen, man, we've earned the right to feel this bad today. And, there, and, and that is setting the stage for the rest of our lives. And it's giving us humility. And um, these are lessons learned, yeah. you know, not a loss. Yeah, I think, you, you know. I don't know how old you are, Coach. I'm 48, and, you know, Mike Powell is – I mean, you must be close to Powell's age if you guys went to school together. And, you know, I think he's a little bit younger than me. But we talk about our careers as coaches and as athletes, and I think gen in general we remember the relationships. And a lot of times I think we remember the losses. I mean, if you're, if you're pretty good, you win a lot more than you lose. So, you know, if you, know, if you win 100 matches and you lose 10, most of the 100 don't really stand out to you that much it's those 10 and what what you learned from that how people treated you you know what you changed in your life and it's a very unique phrase that we've earned the right to feel this bad because you know we did the same thing trying to help kids get to the next level and you know sometimes like when the kid's done he's done and you know like if if he was a borderline student in our case and didn't place and Sometimes all you can do is hug a kid and say, you know, you need to hang on to this and use this for the rest of your life. So it's, yeah. It's super interesting. Um, no, there are great, powerful, uh, you know, reasons why you can, you know, so if you went back and you said, well, it's not all about winning. We, we you know, I'm, uh, uh, I'm sitting in the academy right now. I'm looking out at a huge wall that has names all over it. And um, whether you're a state champion or All-American or a guy who won Super 32 or something, you know, along those lines that, that – you know, put those carrot, those carrots, those goals out there that you want kids to strive for. But I think you have to have an underlier and a philosophy and a culture that gets everyone in your program to understand the real reason why you're doing this. And that trickles all the way down into parents, too. Um, parents have to understand, and you have to have a program that bleeds this stuff and gets everybody to understand what the real reason is that we're doing this. Um, it cannot be that we think that my box of medals is going to make me famous. Um, right. It's just yeah. not. Um, but my box of medals shows that I was on path, that I had worked really hard, that I put a lot of things on my plate, that I sacrificed. And um, and there's a guy with a, with a smaller box that may have gotten everything that you got too. And that, that's an important thing for people to realize. Um, uh, so, yeah, a, a friend of ours, Paul, told me that you have a you've created something really unique down there. That about a third of your kids are a part of the Central Florida Wrestling Academy, and you know that it's I, I guess it's a scholarship program, and that you also run a nonprofit organization. Yeah, and I'm a guy that uh, spends a lot of my time raising money for veterans with amputations through wrestling events. So I'm, I'm really curious about, about this. So just kind of tell me what you guys are doing down there with that. Well, I think that a lot of guys go ahead and they say, well, listen, we got to build a, a, you know, I want to run a, 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 a wrestling club or start an academy, you know, and then they go, okay, well, we're going to run a wrestling club. And, and well, how are you going to structure? What are you going to make? What's really going to be all about? And I immediately thought, well, you know, I, I, we're going to do that. This is what, what what the plan is. But it's going to be a nonprofit. It's going to invite everybody into it. 
I think one of the keys about how people go about doing this stuff in the wrestling world and that where they drop the ball is that if you open up the doors and you say, hey, listen, this is a nonprofit, so it's free, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody come in. Well, where's the value in what you're doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not how strong nonprofits operate. Uh, we have an open door. Nobody ever does get turned down, but we have a pretty strict idea of who's in the building, who's 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 actually a part of this academy, and then we are taking those the, those kids, finding the subsidies for them to be able to get those those tuition fees put into place, and working the system along along those lines. So fundraising becomes huge because we're trying to fill those slots. And if somebody's regularly training here, and this is their part, their place, and they're they're a, a Central Florida Wrestling Academy guy, and they're in that situation, well, we have a duty now to make up those funds, and and that's where fundraising comes in, right? So, but I think in the organization, and what's unique about it is that, you know, you could you could take the Central Florida Wrestling Academy stuff. We're probably considered to be a community center in town, right? I mean, a, a legit community center. I mm-hmm. think that you can take a look and, and see a, a, a demographic of who trains here, who doesn't train here, um, you know, how many people we're servicing in the community, what our growth rate has been over the last five years, um, and how we've, you know, each and every year have grown that part of it where we're able to service more and more kids um, again through fundraising through running events uh, whatever it takes to be able to get all those opportunities for everyone um, without devaluing what you're doing and um, I, I think that's a real real important thing um, and it's a real important thing in the world of wrestling where people are very giving they want to set up that club they don't want to turn anybody down but they don't have a process, and if that process isn't intact, okay. So if you, you you gotta qualify to be able to get a subsidy here, um, and you gotta go through a process to be able to do that, um, and it's it's done discreetly. It's not done, you know, out in the open. I, you know, there's you know, kids, families. They don't people don't know everybody's situation. It's not like that. It's like attending a college or whatever it might be. Some guys are on financial aid at that college. Some people aren't. Um, they're all just students, and I think that that's a real important thing. But on the back side of it, if you want to have a strong entity and be able to survive and be able to find those subsidies for these kids and be able to run that operation effectively and be able to, you know, pay those bills. Because when it's all said and done, it's still a business. The guy still wants the, you know, you you still got to keep the lights on. You still got to, you know, uh, take care of the building and all these other things that happen. If you don't have a strong, you know, setup or a foundation, you're going, you know, you're going to run into trouble being able to survive and being able to do what you wanted to do, which was help these kids. And, you know, I think that we have a pretty good system. And, uh, you know, it's not perfect, but I think it's it's each and every year it's getting a little bit better and a little bit better where we have the ability to really reach out to our community and tell our story to non-wrestling people in a way that they would understand it. And I think that's a very important thing. We always have an assumption that people will always understand, you know, uh, the grind of wrestling, the lifestyle of wrestling. Um, but I think that people understand you know, other stuff. Hey, look, here's a kid who's getting an opportunity to go to an after-school program to be part of an academy um, that gives opportunity for them to be able to compete on a national level, gives them an opportunity to, to just have physical fitness and go to practice. And to be a part of something, right? And to be a part of something and to kind of grow within that. And I got to tell you, you know, there's if you looked at the landscape of opportunities for for young men and young women, what they can do. Um, well, the gymnastics studio down the street is is potentially not an option unless you had X amount of dollars, and they don't have a nonprofit situation, and they don't have a subsidy program for kids. You either can pay for it or you can't. That cheerleading academy 
same thing. That uh, that soccer, okay, the same thing. So we have a unique position to be able to help and to be able to service and to be able to create something for these kids. And I think there's people in our community, and I know there are because we're getting a lot of support, that love seeing an operation like this, and they want to support the backside of it. Um, yeah, it's not identical, but uh, Hardell Moore and those guys are doing a similar thing at the OWA, Oklahoma Wrestling Academy, where nobody takes a salary, and, you know, the, the money they collect is all the, you know, help them with uniforms and tournament entries and things like that. And it's not a non-for-profit, but it is where kids that may not have had the opportunity because of finances or whatever else uh, are, are, you know, it's, it's much more open now. And you, you made, I'm a business guy. I mean, I'm a finance major. My whole life's really been in business. I'm a business guy that happened to like wrestling and be okay at it. And I think yeah. there's a lot of people that were great at wrestling and maybe never took, you know, a finance course or an accounting course or a marketing course or any, you know, an economics course. And it's interesting how much, if you're going to run a program, whether it's a high school program, whether it's a not-for-profit, even a college program, like when you're, if you're at the D1 level and you're trying to figure out 9.9 and how to split that out as many ways as you can, taking sure. the classes that we're talking about can can make it give you a big advantage or disadvantage based on your knowledge of those things. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that um, – the world of wrestling needs probably more of that. I mean, to run an academy, to be a head coach, has to become more than just um, the X's and O's on the mat. You know, uh, you know, put my hand here, put my hand there, um, you know, go this direction instead of that direction. We work really hard on, on the technical side of wrestling. I think we, um, we, we do a lot of studying. We do a, we do a lot of that stuff. That needs to be done, right? It's a sport, and we have to train our guys. I have to make sure my guys are physically fit, that the regimen is in place, that the technical stuff keeps keeps pace with the with how quick wrestling is evolving, and we have an, a, a duty to do that. But I do believe that head coaches who want to be really successful, truly successful, have to have another range, have to have another gear. That's not always the easiest thing to do for for every one of these guys. I personally have taken this 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 uh, leap of faith into the idea that hey, listen, I I need to you know I need to do this full time in order to pull this off. I can't have another job and then be able to do this. It's it's it would be next to impossible because I am running this business. I am trying to um, build the business side of this. I am on the forefront of selling the sport of wrestling every day, every day. Right. Uh, and I'm doing it, um, you know, as passionately and is it because I understand that that is, that that's, that's part of our program growing exponentially. And I think it becomes the backbone of, of what we're doing. Um, and it is important for a lot of these guys to like, exactly what you said, find those resources think to themselves how they can become a little bit more of that salesman, a little bit more of that business guy, and have those ducks in a row on the backside of what you're trying to do because it will help lead to success. And you can't just minimize it down to um, we're going to do technique better than they're going to do technique um, because you you got to survive. you got to survive, and there's got to be a, a, a plan a business plan of sorts for almost every entity that's out there. Um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in it. I, I do think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that, um, that are doing it so well and they're so good at it. So if you went through a few different, um, uh, if you went through a few different, you know, college programs, um, and you kind of look at a guy like Tom Ryan, um, you know, look, yeah, people would say, oh, that's Ohio State. And, you know, those guys, those guys always have had a rich tradition. I would say that since he's been there, it's been it, – it, there's been some no, unbelievable it's growth. Elevated. It's elevated. Like Ohio State, Penn State, some of these programs that a lot of us kind of thought were sleeping giants. You know, and it's not – yeah, right. Yeah. And it, I think that it's just, you know, again, the winning 
it's it's the personality, it's the backside, whatever's going on, the community, the 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 the, the funding, the these wheels are spinning because people are wanting to support this sport. Because if anybody stopped and listened to Tom Ryan today or a Pat Papalizio, and you were just a guy in a in a in an, in an office building that had the ability to sign off on a grant, or had X amount of dollars that, that, that you sit in a boardroom and you guys decide where it goes um, to help our community or what's our give back this year. Um, if any one of those guys got to listen or spend some time with a Pat Papalizio or a Tom Ryan, I think that they have a really good chance of, of, of getting some of those funds and those things coming full circle into the world of wrestling because of the way that they present it and how good they are at that part of their job, um, no doubt about it. And I think there's some wrestling traditionalists that sort of poo-poo that, that like, well, you know, that's not really wrestling. And, I mean, I, I coached junior college where every time you didn't get a call after 11 o'clock at night was a blessing. You know, like, you know, <laughs> only bad things happen then. But, but part of that was sitting down with your guys and, you know, maybe you have a kid that's none of his family's ever graduated from college and, you know, sure. and talking to him about goals and helping him create goals and, and helping him see the light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, going, taking him to the tutors and, you know, just, I think there's so much more to coaching than the two and a half to three hours a day that you're in the room. I always tell people that's the easiest three hours, two and a half, two hours a day, or even if you're working out with again, working out with them again at night. That's the easy part because that's the that's why we all met. Like, you and I would be friends initially because we both love wrestling. Yeah. It's when you start talking about other stuff where you go, okay, I agree with you philosophically or I disagree with you politically or whatever the case may be. But with these kids, if all you do is treat them, treat them like wrestlers, you're not, A, getting the best out of them. You're not being the best you can to them. And I think a lot of people don't see it that way. Like, Guy goes out of bounds and he's down by one with 30 seconds left. Sometimes there's no perfect move to yell. Sometimes it's, you just got to look at you and they believe in you and they're going to find a way to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably probably more so that way than the other way around. I think that too often people think that, uh, you know, when you're cornering a kid that, uh, you know, that wrestling's happening in that regard. Well, you know, move right, don't move left. Yeah, right. What is is that um, that relationship has built this situation where this kid can keep his composure. He's wrestling for the right reasons. He understands we've been here before, and 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 it's and, and we're creating the perfect storm mentally and physically together all at the same time to be able to achieve the goal of winning that particular match. For I'm sure. a big I'm a big believer that keeping kids you know it takes time to get that kid to um, buy into that coach and live that life and be part of it where where you could ultimately get a guy who's, you know, really, really successful because he has things straight in his head. I mean, you, we see it all the time. I think a lot of people are very aware of the fact that wrestling is um, um, your mindset, right, is, is so important. You can do all the training. You can learn the technique. There's guys who can drill like like nobody's business. Man, the kid knows everything. But he can't get over that hump in those bigger matches. He can't keep it together. Um, he lifts his head up at the wrong time. And, and, and a lot of these things have to do with that next stage of the relationship, coach-wrestler. And where that where where that wrestler finds this place, this perfect, you know, place where he can keep that level of composure for a long enough period of time to get him past his glass ceiling. Um, and that's the kind of stuff you're talking about. And the reason why that coach is successful is that because he did um, spend time with this kid in so many different ways of his life. Right. It's not just, right. you know, in it's not just finishing head outside singles for sure. That's right. Yeah. So, I've been told that you have a really unique view about wrestling, specific, specifically on how and why, and, and this, I am super interested in what this answer is going to be, why we should not try to make wrestling appealing to the masses. 
because I think all of us generally think, okay, we need to make wrestling more popular. I think sort of an obvious tangent of that is that, you know, women's and girls wrestling, I think unequivocally is good for the sport. But why should, what is your thoughts on, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Tell me what you, what, what your philosophy is about all that. I think that's relatively correct of like, of how I think about it. This is what I do. I drive on, if I'm on an expressway and I'm driving, okay, and I think to myself, how many, and you're in traffic, right? So take yourself in the Chicagoland area and you're driving them, you know, driving to the city. Okay. What percentage of these people in these cars, right, are going to a stadium? Okay. There's 100,000 people at a football game or 65,000 people at a football game. What percentage of these people are involved with our sport? Right. I mean, it's probably just a tiny, tiny fraction, right? Okay. I mean, it, it really is. We are in, we are in, I, I think that the wrestling community sometimes gets into this, this idea that, man, we need to get to the masses. We need to push our sport out to everybody. And I say any growth is good growth, right? And, and so if I, if I, uh, if I multiplied it by four, well, that's still not the masses, right? If I, if I multiplied it by five, it's not even close to the masses. It's still just a tiny, tiny fraction of of actually where we're at currently, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm getting at that is the best things about our sport, and I said it before and I use that word humility, um, look, it's, a, it's a, uh, um, a foundation builder for life. I think it's the best way to find support in our sport. It's been the best way to find support in, 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 in my world, um, whether it's been fundraising and, and getting our, our, our academy rolling and getting, um, you know, believers in what we're doing. Um, those two guys that I, are those guys that I talk about that graduated from here or graduated from Lake Island Prep that never started, okay? That kind of a first run of kid that went through this process. Um, how... How do we motivate these guys to stay part of our sport? What is it the reason why they did this stuff? Well, again, we believe, we sit as wrestling people, and we say, well, look, it changed their lives. They have building blocks forever. Well, that's a level of humility. And I think that when we are saying, well, we got to get to the masses, we got to make sure that there's more and more people who are, and that we grow it exponentially, um, I would say beware. Beware of what what you're what you're asking for, because one of the best things about our sport is the fact that you're probably going to get nothing for it, other than who you've become. Um, the, when I hear people talk about we got to build it for the masses, that means people are saying, well, we need to make more, we need to grow our sport so people can get paid. And I would say that there's a lot of room for people to get paid and for salaries to rise, for programs to get funded, all these other things based on the premise that we're the humble choice. We're not seeking fame. We're working on this process of where people can look back, look in a mirror and say, man, I did this thing called wrestling and I am this for it. Right? And I've because I really do think that there's a lot of people who think. I mean, I would say again when I when I when I talk like that, I think that I'm I'm getting people to try to understand that if Jordan Burroughs walks into the mall in Orlando today, I think she would probably agree with me. I actually never met him. Um, I, hopefully, he doesn't he, he doesn't uh, um, you know he doesn't call me after this. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? But. If, and I think he would totally agree that if he walked into the the mall in Orlando, Florida right now, or or a mall almost anywhere, and maybe not maybe in his hometown, it might be a little different. But nobody probably knows who he was, you know. He's you know, and I, and then I think that maybe he could put, and I think that the wrestling community says, oh, that's a shame. We, every, he should walk into the mall and everybody should be following him around like, like they're following around LeBron James. And I would say, I don't know, beware of what you, what you seek. Because I think one of the most special things is that a guy of his caliber, somebody who's accomplished the things that he's accomplished, what he represents, which is just an unbelievable, from everything I know, he's an unbelievable human being. 
He's worked his butt off to become who he is. Um, he's an unbelievable athlete. He's probably one of the best athletes on earth. Um, and we know that as wrestling people. And there's something really special about the idea of our sport that this guy would walk into a mall and really the masses don't know who he is because that is the utmost of humility. What greater building blocks for, for a young man or a young woman to grow up with doing all this work, all this sacrifice, expecting none of those things, just expecting who I've become and building a foundation. We all know that you're going to take your shoes off somewhere along the line here. Our sport is brutal. I mean, you don't wrestle when you're 45 years old for the most part, right? Um, so you have to take the shoes off, put them down on the ground, and you have to go back out into life. And hopefully this sport has given you a one-up and put you in a better position to be, you know, a successful person moving forward. And that means a better father, a better mother, a better coworker, a better parent, um, a better person in your community. Right. And you can look back and say, wrestling did that for me. And I don't know if chasing the um, works like that. Now, I think that, I guess what I'm getting at is we continue to sell, wrestling continues to sell how this is changing lives and what this does. And it's not all about um, the accomplishments themselves. We will grow exponentially. If you chase the masses and you're trying to figure out a way to get everybody to jump on board to be a fan of wrestling tomorrow, I think you may run the risk of losing this humility and the true reasons why you do this stuff. It's interesting because it, obviously when you're doing the interview, you, you know, you want to agree with everybody, you know, just to begin with, just so nothing is argumentative. And then the other part of it is you go, well, I mean, right. And then sure. part of it is you go, okay. So then you look at something, what somebody's saying and you go, can I find the spots where I agree? And part of it, I agree with a thousand, 10,000 percent. Yeah. The other part that I think is complex is, you know, I'm working with people that are trying to grow wrestling at the national level, people like Jack Clark at the U.S. Wrestling Foundation, you know, sure. done work with USA Wrestling at that level. And from their perspective, and I don't want to speak for them, but I guess I will for the next 30 seconds, the, the Jordan Burroughs walking down the street and being more like LeBron, I think – it, they see it as it would help the sport. And I'm not, it's very interesting what you say. Like I run a charity wrestling event and I, the speech I've been giving people is I always wanted it to be really high quality. If that meant it was smaller so I could control the things I needed to, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. And I think that's analogous to what you're saying here, which is you just start letting everybody in. You actually just let everybody in. Be careful what you wished for. So, yeah, it, it, it's a, and, and one of the things that, and it sort of ties to what you've been saying, you know, this whole time about, you know, how kids that don't win, but they become successful in life. And I think there's this unique respect that wrestlers have for other guys that wrestled, even if they weren't good. I mean, it's, it's a hard way to say it, but, you know, even if, like, if I never made the team, but I, we were talking about how hard that is for a kid. Like, I'm going to be your workout partner, and you're just going to pound me every day. Yes. And I come in and smile, and I'm never going to get in the lineup, or I know I'm going to get pinned. Yeah. And the respect you have for those guys is incredible. And those guys are some of the biggest donors back to wrestling because it, it helped make the, the toughness, the perseverance, you know, all those attributes that they got, they've transitioned into business and become monumentally successful. So yeah. it's it's a it's a tightrope there, right? Like well, I think it's I think you know I, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. I, you know, it's funny. I'm sitting here right now in my office, okay, and I and I have this because I I, I took it from it, but it's from a a cup of yogurt, right? Right. And um, Jordan Burroughs. Chavana, right? Yeah, that's Chibani. right backside of it it's you know look it, it, it i mean and i look at this and i put it up on my and it's and it's you know it's right here on my on my bulletin board okay as a as a sign of hey look 
look at what wrestling is, right? I right. mean, we have seen this before, right? I mean, the guy, you know, he's on every one of these things, right? I mean, this is a this was a cup of yogurt that has you know a quote from Jordan Burroughs on it, right? Pretty neat stuff. That stuff is great. I my my fear of it, and obviously we 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 want our guys to grow, and we want to, our sport to get recognized. Also, but we want to make sure that we don't jump that line where we lose our ability for our sport because our sport will grow exponentially on the bottom layer. I I tell people I told Mike Mike Powell this. I mean, look if you looked at if you looked at uh, um, the landscape of sport in general right now. I believe that wrestling is an oasis of all that is good, maybe going against the grain of, of how things are. So if you, if you talk to a lot of people, a lot of people might have this attitude like, ah, sports are getting too soft. Um, sports are, are you, know, uh, you know, everybody gets a medal, you know, right. kind of yeah. And And I don't want my son to be involved with that. It's, and there's a, maybe a, a good amount of frustration out there about how the competitive nature maybe is being stripped away in other environments. Wrestling can never ever be like that. It's just, it, it's, it's one place where I think it's, you know, it, it gives equal opportunity to everybody. Um, there's no doubt about it. It's not based on athletic ability alone. And it may be even to the contrary, um, where it's a sport where hard work, regardless of genetic gift code can get you quite a long way. Right. And right. it's a special thing. But that's only based on the fact that you're willing to do this sacrifice. And our sport is set up to say, well, here it is. If you want to do it, if you want that sacrifice, success can be there for you. And whether you win or not, doesn't matter. Because you going through this process will change your life. There's no doubt about it. I don't know how many other sports right now have that ability. Our sport is an amazing one. It cuts across all demographics. I can be a small guy, a tall, skinny guy, and everything in between, a short, socky guy, somebody who's not going to grow. So there's, the, there's opportunity for every single person involved in that situation. I can be somebody who gets picked last in my gym class, right? I can get I get pissed off. I'm in third and fourth grade, and every time there's a, a lineup to play kickball, they pick me, <laughs> yeah. okay, because I can't catch a ball. But the reality is, is that um, I can get involved with the sport of wrestling, start to do this thing called sacrifice, living a certain way, and I can build the building blocks of finding success, and also building a foundation for my life through this sport. I don't know how many other sports have that. Um, of course they do in a lot of different ways, but I think we are one that has that, that really, really true ability. We need to be good salesmen of that. We need to get people to understand that. Yeah, um, and the individual accountability part of it too. Like, you know, I can't blame the, the guy for not blocking for me or, you know, in basketball, like hey, I threw you the pass and you missed the layup. You know, it's like it's you versus me. You're, you're metaphorically and almost literally half naked out there. And so it's, it's, I mean, no, it's like you lose, it's embarrassing. You can't blame anybody else. And when you win, it's, you know, the highest there's, of highs. There's an immediate dose of, uh, you know, I see it at a younger age. I actually deal with, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a younger kids group right now. They're Lake Highland, like K through fourth graders. Mm-hmm. You kind of look at them and you watch them and you go, my God, you know, I, you know, I don't always deal. I, I, for all these years, I haven't really dealt with like the youngest of young guys. And this is kind of a new thing that I started. Um, in the last year, and I look at them and I think, how special it is! I don't know whether you're ever going to win anything or become this, this this superstar wrestler. That it's almost totally irrelevant in my mind while I'm while I'm working with these kids because I see these foundational things happening at a very rapid pace where this kid will not grow up with a glass house built around him. His right. self will be totally different because he has put his foot into this sport um, because it, it starts exposing these small little tiny insecurities very quickly. And the kid's able to erase them and he doesn't really carry them with him. And then there's another guy that 
is 18 years old and he's still carrying all that stuff with him, and he may not have been a part of something like this. Yeah. So there's many other things that are like that we could be selling to that guy in that office. And I think that when we talk merely about the accomplishments of our superstars, we may drop the ball on what we really could be selling down below. I think as the pool on the bottom, so I want people to gravitate to our sport because, look, this is a great place to put your young, you know, you know, your kid in to develop foundation for life. Right. Not because he's going to for surely be an Olympian. Yeah, um, that's it's an that's an important a very important distinction. So um, I'm up against the clock here a little bit, but I have to ask you one last question, Coach. So let's talk a little bit about this event that's going to be on Track Wrestling in January, the inaugural Big Shoulders Brawl in Chicago, Oak Park River Forest High School. It's going to be you guys, Montini, Oak Park, Poway, Bergen Catholic. Um, obviously, Mike Paul is, is this is a Mike Paul event for Beat the Street Chicago. Tell me a little bit about you going back to Chicago, and, and tell me a little bit about your relationship with Mike Paul. Yeah, well, um, well, first of all, it's a great event. I mean, it, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, it, it it follows the line of our crazy schedule, which you know, um, sometimes people are going, "What are you thinking, man? Are you really going to wrestle that? You know, you, you really have a schedule like that?" And um, and we do, and I and that's part of what we already talked about the idea of. Uh, of just you know making sure that our guys are in the right places and they're competing at the highest levels and they're and they're um, and they're blessed to be able to be there. There's no doubt about it. They're blessed. We're all blessed. We're all blessed to be able to be in a situation where our guys can compete at the highest levels and be involved with that. And then you run into a guy like Mike Powell, who's just look. I've known him for a while. I mean, we're both went to Indiana. He's younger than I am. Um, he claims better looking too. No, he's not. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> he probably, who knows? I, you know, of course. I, I, but what, the thing is, Mike has done amazing things. And even when I wasn't wrestling, or I wasn't involved with wrestling, right, and I had that stint where I was just being a business guy, and that's what I did every day. I didn't really even think about, about this sport so much. I, was, I stepped off of it. Um, I was hearing about Mike Powell all the time because what he was doing and what he was building at Oak Park was becoming reality. And, um, and of course, I was a Glenbar North guy, so I was getting a little, I was getting a little, um, the back and forth, you know, at the time of, you know, this, this growth of Oak Park River Forest and, you know, and, and where my program was, where they were at at the time. And, um, and, and I was just a fan of him, just in general. Like, man, that's a pretty amazing thing and, and what he's doing. And then meeting him further than that and just finding out what kind of guy he is and what his real true intention is, is in the world of wrestling. Um, you know, I couldn't be more impressed. And it's guys like him who, who uh, grease the wheels for a lot of things that are, you know, growth in wrestling. And um, there has been a lot of awesome growth in our sport. I think we'd all would agree. Man, it's amazing. You know, I, I mean, the way that you guys are presenting our sport, the, you know, the work that's going into it, um, I think, and that's why I go back to that delicate balance, I think, we are going to get out there, and we are going to have a big, bigger market share, and it is growing exponentially. Just beware of how quickly you want to get there and what the purpose of getting there is. Um, uh, as far as the, the event, well, look, man, we got you know, Bergen Catholic, um, Oak Park, Montini. Um, Poway. Uh, Poway, I mean – and us, it's a, it's going to be an awesome event. Uh, you know, our guys got to be ready to wrestle. And, um, you know, I love going back to Chicago. Anytime I can be there is great because, you know, my whole family lives there. And I'm from there. So, um, you know, just to be able to be in, in town there. And, you know, my, my, my mom will probably go to this event. That's and awesome. Yeah. She loves wrestling. And she'll be able to actually go and watch um, my guys compete in the Chicagoland area at a, at a pretty high level. And, um, you know, that's, a, that's neat stuff. So my, my 70, you know, seven-year-old mother will be able to um, attend and watch and get a glimpse of what I've been doing because I think sometimes she thinks I'm crazy. So Well, I'm, I'm actually doing the play-by-play -play for that, so, I'll, you know, we'll get a chance to shake hands and meet face-to-face. 
and I'm, it's really, I'm excited you guys are coming. I've been working with Mike a little bit behind the scenes on this. I think it's going to be an awesome event. Yeah, it's going to be super competitive, and, um, you know, I think it'll be the start of, of that event really just kind of, you know, blossoming and becoming something great. I know that there um, there's a beat the streets element to it, and um, that's a whole other thing that gives good reason to, to support and um, be a part of it and make sure that um, that we're, we're continuing to do the, uh, the give back and showing up in the right places so things like this can be successful. It's for important. Sure, for sure. Well, Coach, you came very highly recommended, and uh, you delivered. It's been, it's been a great hour. I appreciate you taking so much time. Um, I know there's a lot of mutual friends we have that uh, really respect you. I wish you guys the best of luck this season, and I will see you in January. All right, man. I appreciate it. Take care. Have a good day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Maricatani with Matt Chat. We'll speak to you all next week.